0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast, we believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Amen. Today, I wanted to give you something, though that. Um This is a a very interesting subject and I wanted to cover it. I want you to go with me to Exodus chapter seven. This jumped up in my spirit um, and it really has been weighing on my heart because uh, it's something that I see as a devious attack of the devil against the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. It's an attack of the devil against, not that the devil can do anything to change, The redemptive work of christ but uh it definitely affects people who are um in need of true redemption and i'll show you what i mean by that and you saw that i put it in the title this uh counterfeit this counterfeit beware of this counterfeit conspiracy that the devil is trying to use to, uh, destroy the lives of men and women. And I want you to be aware of it. And I know you've seen it and I'm going to open your eyes to it today from the word of God. This is how the devil operates. This is how the devil operates. And that's why I want you to go with me to Exodus chapter seven. Um, and I want to, I want to read this to you to start the day because I'm going to show you how it operates in all these different areas of redemption. And, uh, you'll not have what, uh, stolen from you, what God has planned for you in Jesus' name. But here in Exodus chapter seven, you know that the people of God are still in bondage. They're still in slavery in Egypt. And Moses was raised up as their deliverer. But uh, Moses says this, you know, he's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to go stand in front of Pharaoh and he's not going to listen to me. He's not going to adhere to what I say. You know, what, what should I do? What should I do? Um, and, and if you look at uh, what God told him to do, he said, I want you to go. And this, I'll start, you stay in Exodus 7. I'll start with what God told him in Exodus 4. Look at this. He said, Lord, behold, this is Exodus 4.1. They won't believe me or listen to my voice. They'll say, the Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? Hallelujah. And he said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. And so when he threw it on the ground, it became a serpent and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. And he did. And it became a staff again in his hand that they may believe that the Lord of the God, their fathers, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob has appeared to you. So God's given him directions. So when we get over to Exodus chapter seven, now he's finally in Egypt. He's finally standing in front of Pharaoh. In Pharaoh's court and uh, has the opportunity now to do what the Lord told him to do get this and the Bible says um, that and I'll start with verse number eight Um, then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron this is Exodus 7 and verse 8 again thank you for putting it in the comments and and if you're just jumping on good morning hope uh, share the broadcast today. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, prove yourselves by working a miracle, then you'll say to Aaron, take your staff, cast it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. And so Moses and Aaron, verse 10, went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his staff, watch this now, before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. But now watch and the Bible says, then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers and they, the magicians of Egypt also did the same by their secret arts for each man cast down his staff and they became serpents. So you see that, that what God did, watch what God did, the devil tried to emulate or the devil tried to counterfeit. That's what we're talking about today. Beware of the counterfeit conspiracy. What God did, the devil tried to emulate, tried to emulate. And so, but watch how God works. Watch how God works. And the Bible says, uh, for each man cast down his staff and they became serpents as well. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs and still Pharaoh's heart was hard. You see that. I always wondered, I always say this when I read this passage, I always wonder if when it became a staff again and Aaron picked it back up, it was like wide enough to fit all the other staffs inside. God gave them the ability to do a miracle. But then what happened? Good morning, Chloe. Then what happened? There, his staff swallowed, consumed all of their staffs, amen, which if you don't know that a staff, the, the, the staff is a symbol of authority. And so the authority of God, the power of God, swallowed up the authority of the enemy. But I want to get this into your spirit today because this is how the enemy works. He tries to counterfeit what God is actually doing with something false. So, so let, me, let me give it to you uh, in this way, okay? Uh, whatever area of redemption you may see, let's talk about uh, salvation from sin, right? <clears throat> the main area, what Jesus did, salvation from sin. You can move on. What else is included in your covenant and redemption? Uh, healing from sickness and disease. Healing from sickness and disease. Uh, you could talk about uh, freedom from an attack, from attacks against your mind. You could talk about financial blessing, increase, overflow, things that Jesus provided for you in the covenant. But then you can look and see how the devil tries to to counterfeit these things, because watch, <clears throat> if all he did was try to um, act like they didn't exist, right? Salvation's not real. There's nothing he can do. He knows that he can't stop salvation or oh, healing's not. He can't stop healing. He can't stop deliverance. He can't stop the blessing of God. So what does he try to do? <clears throat> the devil has always not only tried to uh, duplicate it, but to what? Pervert it. So that people end up wanting to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let me give you a perfect example of that. Uh, let's talk, for example, about healing, right? We know that healing is something Christ purchased and provides for his children today divine healing, something he did through his whole earthly ministry. It's something that the apostles did, the early church did. It's something that was purchased by the blood of Jesus. But notice, the devil doesn't just try to stop healing or to speak against the message of healing, but look what the devil tries to do. The devil will try to pervert healing. He'll try to take that uh, true blessing of God and then try to do things in a way that is false to do what? To try to sicken people over the issue. What do I mean by that? Look at all of the false uh, people that have tried to uh, use this gift for number one, financial gain. It's all, many, there's been lies. You know, why do you think there's been people, uh, and I'm gonna get to all of them, Jess, but think about it. There's been um, false men of God that have, purposely worked to trick people, to trick people, to make them feel as though miracles are happening, when in reality, miracles are not happening, but many of the things were staged. You know, some things were uncovered where there were certain men of God, they were wearing earpieces, and somebody in the back room, you know, was... Uh, They were having people register and write their prayer requests down on a card and submit the card, and then somebody in the back has the cards, and they're saying, go three people to the right, go six rows back, pull that lady out. She has this problem on her card, and making it look to people like it's a move of the Spirit, like God's telling them these things, when in reality, it's somebody with a microphone in another room reading you a prayer card into your earpiece. And you making it look like it's some kind of a supernatural miracle. And so perverting the ways of God, perverting the ways of God. Uh, some of some people, I've seen some of the most uh terrible things. Um people putting up a price on what Jesus already purchased on the cross of Calvary. If you want to be healed today, I want you to just call that number on your screen. Get a $600 seed in your hand this is the healing breakthrough seed and I want you to get that I'm, I'm gonna cut I gotta break this up like in the middle of me saying it so that nobody actually takes this video and, and cuts it up and uses it online like I was the one doing that but uh, so you have to break every every now and then but people do that you know get that $600 healing seed Normally it'd probably be something that has to do with seven because that's God's number. Get that $777 seed ready because there's a healing anointing that's getting ready to come upon you today as you sow that 700 and it's all nonsense. It's all total and complete nonsense and it is a corruption and a perversion of the true blessings of heaven. It's a corruption. So what does it do? It makes those people that are true men and women of God, or even Christians that normally would have uh, sought that, or preached that, or believed that. It makes them want to back away from that message because, well, I don't want to be lumped in uh, with those people that are so crooked. I don't want to be lumped in with that group, you know, that that believes all that that nonsense. And, and what happens? What is the devil actually trying to do through the perversion, through the corruption? He's trying to get people to back away from the message altogether, right? Well, we don't, we don't get into that talking about the healing and all that. You know, there's been a lot of abuses. I want you to do me a favor. Put your hand up in the comments. If you've heard a Christian or a minister say, when you bring up an issue like healing or prosperity something, well, you know, brother, you got to be careful. There's been a lot of abuses. There's been a lot of abuses in that area. Put a hand up if you've heard uh, a Christian or, or a minister say those things well brother you got to be careful there's a lot of there's been a lot of abuses in that area you know so we just we walk very circumspectly when it comes to talk And, and that and the issue is it's not that they walk circumspectly it's that many of them have totally backed away from the true message of redemption because they're nervous about being grouped in with another uh you know camp of people that truly are devious, that truly are wicked, that truly are false men and women of God. And, and I would say this, false believers, if they're doing that stuff, knowingly lying and knowingly deceiving people for, the, for financial gain or for whatever purpose they may have, power, authority, uh, position, whatever it might be. And so what ends up happening as a result is it's not that they, most people, they don't press in deeper. So, well, I know there's a counterfeit, but we're going to go in harder and show that the message of Christ to heal to most of them, because they don't like conflict and they don't like confrontation, we'll just say, well, we'll, we'll leave that to others and we'll preach. We're just going to preach Jesus. I love when people say that it makes me laugh when people are like, well, brother, I really don't get into the whole healing message and I don't really get into the whole prosperity message or deliverance. I just preach Jesus. Well, I don't know if you know this. But when you preach Jesus, you can't preach Jesus without getting into healing at some point. You can't preach Jesus without getting into deliverance at some point because his ministry, you can't preach Jesus without getting into financial abundance at some point because his ministry dealt with all of those things. His ministry uh, dealt with the different aspects that were made available through the new covenant and so I love people use it as a cop-out like well brother I just preach Jesus you don't know what that means you don't know what that means and so exactly Tim oh yeah I've said that same thing so you're one of those prosperity preachers yes I absolutely am not only am I a prosperity preacher I probably believe it more strongly than you've ever heard it preached that's what I tell most people Like, yeah, be careful. You're going to sound like one of those prosperity preachers. No, no, I'm not going to sound one. I am one of those. I am one of those prosperity preachers. And I probably believe it stronger than you've heard it preached on television or anywhere else and live it that way. I live it stronger than most people have preached it. So, um, you know, I'm not backing off of that, not backing off anything that Christ has done. You know, it blows me away the spineless activity that you see in the church uh, where there's just tons of people that they don't want. I don't want it, brother. We just don't want to draw a bad light. We don't want the conflict. You better you better stand for something. You better stand for something. And um, you got to stand for what Jesus did and you got to stand for what the Bible teaches. And uh, it's it's important to do, but understand something. Jesus purchased some things through his own precious blood, but the devil does not want those things coming to pass. But think about this. Why do you think he works so hard to uh, corrupt the message? Well, it's because in order to receive these things, you have to receive the word of God in these areas. In order, let me say it in a way that you can write in the comments. In order to receive the blessings, you have to receive the word. Put that in the comments. In order to receive the blessings, you have to receive the word in order to receive the blessings, you have to receive the word, why? Because it's the only the truth you know that will set you free. You shall know the truth, John 8, 32, and the truth that you know will make you free or set you free. You can only rise as high as the level of word that you have in your spirit. Acts chapter 20, I I wanna take you there. Acts chapter 20, And um, let me read you Paul's words to the Ephesian elders. Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. Paul writes and says, uh, and then it was written by Luke, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. To what? To his word, the word of his grace, which is able, speaking of the word, which is able to build you up, but what else? And to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So understand, uh, there are people in the body of Christ that don't know they have an inheritance. But you have an inheritance. And your inheritance is realized through the word of God. How do I know what's mine? The word of God. How would you know if you went to a will reading? If you had a loved one pass away? How would you know what they left you? You have to go to the will reading and see what they left you in their will. How do we know what's ours? Go to the will reading. This is the last will and testament of Jesus Christ, the New Testament of Christ. So how do you know what's yours? You read the will. God's word is his will. I want you to put that in the comments. If you've never heard that said before, it's something that should be a part of your life to understand that principle. God's word is, is his will. God's word is his will. So if you want to know what's uh, what your inheritance is, just look in the will of God, which is his word, and you'll find your inheritance there. Ephesians chapter one and verse number three, Paul wrote uh, that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Let me read it to you from the ESV blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. There are no more blessings to be blessed with. He's already blessed you according to scripture with every spiritual blessing. Now, whether or not they've manifested for you on the earth is another story, but it doesn't mean they're not yours. God gave them to you. It's your inheritance. In Christ, he's given you every spiritual blessing. So you don't have to pray, Lord, I pray that you just, more blessings, Lord. More blessings. That's the right, no, that's the right verse, Mary Beth. Ephesians 1, 3. You've already got, we don't need to stand at an altar and say, Lord, I pray, just pour out blessings. The blessings have already been poured out in Christ. That's the whole point. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. You've already got it. Thank you, Jesus. You've already got it, and so your inheritance is found in the Word of God. And there are, there are people that are lit, really led by an antichrist spirit that have tried to corrupt and pervert the move and the message of Christ. Let me go on further. I mean, it's not just um, it's not just um, healing. I mean, even salvation corrupting the message. Of salvation you see what do you mean by that well there's all there's all kinds of uh, demonically inspired salvation doctrines did you know that there's already multiple demonically inspired salvation doctrines so what do you mean by that well one of them is something called universalism universalism total reconciliation you know what that means Those people believe that God's love is so great that no one will be able to go to hell, that every single person will end up in heaven because, quote unquote, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so uh, Christ's blood was so powerful that every single person in history will end up in heaven. And there are some that believe even Satan and his fallen angels will end up in heaven by the end because you can't withstand Christ's love and his blood that was shed it's called universalism believing everyone will be saved well that's that's heresy that's total heresy that's a demonic doctrine we would call that what Paul called it doctrines of devils that's what that is a doctrine of devils you know why because it puts no responsibility on uh those that hear the gospel to respond to it because the gospel with that message becomes unnecessary because e- if everyone is going to end up in heaven by the end then what you do doesn't matter then the gospel doesn't matter only thing that matters is that Jesus came and did what he came to do that's all that matters that's all that matters but that's a demonic lie that is a doctrine of devils that strips us of our ability to understand the freedom that we have in Christ, but the responsibility that we have as children of God. And so that's, that's a demonic agenda. I'll tell you, I've, I've gone, I've spoken against it multiple times, but one of the things that, um, uh, I would say is permeating our society today more than ever, as we, um, as we've covered multiple times on this broadcast, is the hyper grace message, which again is a heresy, and it is a doctrine of devils. People are people are surprised that I would that I would go as far as to say that about the hyper grace message. But when you study it and you understand it and you break it down, you'll see that it truly is heretical, and that it is truly a doctrine of devils. It's not uh, founded in Scripture. It's founded. And this is not something new. This is something that was being rebuked by the apostles in the early church. If you read the end of the New Testament, same thought process being rebuked uh, by the apostles, this hyper grace, same thing, same thing. Let me, um, let me read you something. Jude, there's only one chapter in Jude, but Jude right before revelation I want you to see this, Uh, Jude verse 17, I'm going to start there, and let me show you that these things were happening way back then, Jude writes, but you must remember beloved the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, they said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers, look following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. But you beloved building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life and have mercy on those who doubt save others by snatching them out of the fire to others show mercy with fear hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now unto him who's able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, speaking of Jesus Christ. You can keep going through there, whether you read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, this uh, read what happened in the book of Revelation as the churches are being rebuked by Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something you'll find that this is not a new message, hyper grace. This is something that's been going on and on and on for thousands of years and it keeps popping its head up to try to get us to believe that what we do doesn't matter, that our actions don't matter. And here's what's happening. Uh, They want to change, they want to change the responsibility of obedience to scripture to say that it no longer matters because what Christ did, what Christ did, forgave your past, present, and future sins. So your actions no longer matter. What you do no longer matters. That's their message, and that's a lie. If that was true, then there was a whole lot of parchment being wasted by the apostles, writing back to the churches they had planted, telling them to stay free from sin. Why would they do that if, if sin didn't matter? Or why would they do that if your actions don't matter? Of course they matter. And that's why there was heavy rebukes to some churches. You know, Some were being truly um, reproved, like Galatians, like the Galatians. They were being totally uh, rebuked. In fact, that's the only letter that Paul ever wrote that has no thanksgiving attached to it. He doesn't finish his greeting and then go into thanks. I thank my God for you and give thanks for you always, thinking of your true faith. He just starts right out rebuking the fire out of them because they were in error. And so what was the point of these letters going back to these churches and rebuking their actions if our actions don't matter? You see what I mean? It's demonic. Well, now we have churches that have gone so far in that direction that they don't believe uh, it's even wrong to violate the word of God. So what do you have? You have churches that are ordaining homosexuals, you've got churches that are endorsing the LGBTQIA plus community. I'm telling you, and, and that's why, by the way, I know you don't know yet, but because we're in September and because I'm seeing so much of this happen as I travel uh, in this month of September, look, this is the book that we're going to offer uh, for our, those that are sewing. Dr. Michael Brown wrote probably the best book on this subject ever written entitled Can You Be Gay and Christian? Can you be gay and Christian? Breaks it down from the scripture. And I'm telling you, that is the best book written on that subject. And we're putting it in the hands of our partners in the month of September. But it's happening everywhere. I go past these churches. You see rainbow flags on their doorstep. You see it out hanging off the building. You know, you see all these things happening where you're, you've got homosexual ministers standing in the pulpit. That you've got, uh, they're approving the lifestyle. They're fully endorsing the lifestyle. They're not called. It's not sin. That's not what it is. We need to love them for who God created them to be. And it's demonic. It's a doctrine of devils. And these are, these are truly uh, perversions of the salvation message. The devil doesn't just try to do it in one area. He tries to do it in every area to get people to back away from the message that Christ wants us to preach. He does it in healing. He does it in uh, salvation. He does it in deliverance. I mean, I, that's why I've been talking about this. You know, there is true deliverance. I've cast demons out of people. I know what deliverance is. I've spent my whole life around deliverance ministries. Travel, we traveled for years with Brother R.W. Shambach a deliverance minister, a healing and deliverance minister. My father is a healing and deliverance minister. I am a healing and deliverance minister. We see the sick healed all the time. We see demons come out of people. We see addictions broken. We see addictions broken. Deliverance. It's real. When people see people that don't know me, uh, they they see me make those comments online. They think like I'm against deliverance. I'm not against deliverance. We see deliverance all the time. True deliverance not people that are you know, weak-minded Christians that are like, now in five seconds, you're gonna have the Absalom spirit come out of you. Five, four, three, two, one, Blah! First of all, that's why I posted that. You can't be a, a Christian and be demon-possessed. That's a perversion of the message of deliverance. It's a perversion. You got all these Christians wondering. My friend who's a minister told me, he was in, in a, a group of other ministers And they were saying to each other, hey, could you just discern me? Could you just check me out uh, to make sure I don't have any demons in me? I've checked myself, but just in case I missed any. And and they're calling it an oil check, like by the anointing, the oil. Would you do an oil check on me and just make sure that, that, you know, I don't have any demons operating in me? I kind of tried to check myself, but, you know, sometimes they hide in the shadows. It's like, dude, you're a nut job. You're a total nut job to believe that you're a Christian and have somehow have demons somewhere in you. Nut job. It shows that you don't be- understand, and if you do understand, you don't believe what the word of God teaches. You can't be a Christian and be filled with demons or have one demon. You can't have a demon as a Christian. You can't be, uh now you can be attacked by the devil, Bible teaches that, but that's not the same thing as being demon possessed. What are you, nuts? not the same thing hey bro would you just do an oil check on me just want to make sure I don't have any lingering demons you know somewhere within my spirit it's like you're a nut job you know get your, get your airplane bag ready so for when you get delivered you can start vomiting in the airplane bag nut jobs absolute nut jobs that's a perversion of the message of deliverance makes it look goofy let me tell you something if I cast a demon out of somebody I'm not giving it a countdown Now you're coming out of him in seven seconds. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. It's like, what are you counting? What are you counting down to? Just cast the demon out. (laughs) When I say these three words, you will, what is this, Simon says? You casting demons out by Simon says? When I say these three words, you will lose your grip and let, it's like, just cast the demon out close my mind. It's a perversion of the true message of deliverance makes nobody want to go. It's because like, you look like such a nut. I'm, I'm blown away. I'm blown away by how little people understand of the word of God that call themselves ministers, TikTok ministers, you know, social media ministries came from nowhere, have no impartation, have no training, didn't come from anyone, nobody's spoken into their lives. And if they have, it's obviously the wrong people giving them wrong doctrine. You can't prove it anywhere from the scripture. It's it's nowhere. By the way, did you know, and I put this last night, not that I want to go into a deep thing with anybody in Instagram comments, but uh, I don't know if you know, there's no evidence in the New Testament of any Christian having a demon. There's no evidence in the New Testament of any Christian being delivered from a demon spirit. Not one. Not one. People try to point to Ananias and Sapphira. They didn't have demon spirits just because the Bible says, why has Satan filled your heart to do this thing? He didn't have a demon spirit. It's that he didn't resist the devil and fell to the temptation of the love of money. Let me ask you a question. Just For everybody that may be watching this later, just a quick question before we move on. If Ananias had a demon spirit, then if that's the example that we're going to put in the New Testament, well, yes, Christians can have demon spirits and, um, you you know, they can be, okay. So if you're going to use the Ananias and Sapphira story in Acts chapter five as proof that Christians can have a demon spirit, then how come Peter didn't cast the demon out of Ananias? Why did he just die? Why did God just judge him and kill him? So is that gonna be, be our baseline for any Christian that has a demon? Uh, we're not actually gonna believe for your deliverance, we're just gonna believe that you die. Is that your scriptural proof of what should happen when a Christian has a demon? He didn't have a demon. He allowed himself to fall prey to the love of money and came and lied to the Holy Spirit knowingly, which is why he was judged, not because he had a demon. If you're possessed by a demon, you don't have control over yourself. Read Mark chapter five. Our son has a demon since he's been young and often it casts him into the fire and into the water. He doesn't have control over himself. The demon is casting him into the water to drown him, casting him into the fire to kill him. Demons can't have possession. Demons can't have possession over a Christian. Unbelievers can have uh, spirits filling them, Nancy. But Christians cannot have that. If you see a Christian operating in that, it's because they've not renewed their mind. It's because they've not taken control of their flesh, like Paul said to do, and not yielded themselves to the Holy Spirit. It's not because they have a demon uh, that's possessing them. Christians can't have a demon. It's not in the New Testament. Nowhere. Nowhere in the New Testament. Did any Christian ever have a demon, get delivered of a demon, have a demon cast out of them? Not once. Not once. And so it's foolishness. And you got all these, because you know what it is. People know what they, that gets likes and clicks and subscribers. So you get all these guys that just, they want, it's clickbait. They want people to see, there's a, seven demons came out of this Christian woman in a church. She was hiding in a church for a, dude, it's not a Christian woman if seven demons came out of her, first of all. So you have to understand there are perversions to the true message. What about prosperity? Same things. Same things are happening. Prosperity. And then, that, and then you have people that, that look at it and say, well, that's all a bunch of nonsense. That's just a bunch of con artists who are trying to get, people, trying to get people, people's money from them. And then you have all these crazy claims. People get on. Now, there's people. I, the Lord showed me this morning that there are 713 people that are going to give a seven hundred and thirteen dollar seed for John seven thirteen. Again, I have to break this up because people are going to clip this up and use it and make it make make my own, make a make a, a commercial out of it. There are the Lord spoke as I was driving in to the studio today. The Lord spoke to me that there's seven hundred and thirteen people that are going to give seven hundred and thirteen dollars for John seven thirteen. You know what I can guarantee you? I can guarantee you that if 1,100 people called into their program and gave the $713, that they did not refund all of the other people that gave the $713. I can guarantee you that did not happen and would not happen. I can guarantee you it would not happen. And there's nowhere in scripture that does that. There's now. I want you to understand that for. I, I saw, I saw somebody at a um, at a conference. I want you to get 50. I'm trying to think what what the number was. 60, 65 dollars. I want you all in here to get a sixty-five dollar seed in your hand that's getting ready to shift your destiny to a different. It's like brother, if a sixty-five dollar seed in the United States of America can shift your destiny, your destiny is so minute that it probably isn't even worth living. <laughs> Let me say that again. If, you, if your destiny can be shifted by a $65 seed, then your destiny is probably so tiny that it's not even worth living. <laughs> you might as well go do something else if a $65 seed can shift your destiny. Now, I know there'll be people that write in, well, maybe that's all somebody has. If it is, then it's a serious seed. But when you look at the statistics across the board, that is not any kind of a significant seed for anybody living in the United States of America. It's just not. And to stand up on a platform and suggest that everybody in the room, the thousands of people that are there, their destiny is gonna be shifted by their $65 seed. You're a wacko. You're an absolute nut when you know that every one of those people after that church service are going to go out to a restaurant somewhere in town and probably drop about $130 on dinner, depending, and I'm just saying on average, without even blinking. They won't blink. They won't think twice. They will literally just eat their meal, pay the $130 without thinking about it, and go back to their hotel room. So don't tell me that a $65 seed is getting ready to send you into a spirit of breakthrough and increase like you've never known. Get that $65 seed in your hand, something, something. It's like, dude, you're a nut. You're a freaking nut. And that's why you gotta let the Holy Spirit speak because he knows where people are at. I could sow $65, wouldn't mean a thing to me. And that means the Lord wouldn't be pleased with what I gave. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Not only that, I didn't listen to the Holy Spirit. What if He told me to do something different? I say, no, no, no. The man of God said a oh, sixty-five-dollar seat. It's like, brother, ridiculous. And they think that they're. It's not shifting anybody's destiny. <laughs> I feel a shift. <laughs> does, does anybody else feel a shift? I feel a shift. I want you to shift your hand into your pocket and get your debit card. And shift that pen onto the It's not shifting your destiny. And so you need to be aware of these things cuz then people say, "Well, I don't believe in that that manipulative prosperity message." Well, if you do it like that, yeah, it is a manipulative prosperity message. Yeah, it is manipulative. Notice um by the way, cuz people will go back and say, "Well, you know that was in the Bible." you know prophets showed up to people in the old testament and said what do you, you have uh, i want you to give you make me a cake first and, and and specifically listed what seed they should give to the prophet yeah remember something it was one person wasn't it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a conference full of people that all had to make a cake for the prophet it was one person and remember something about that story god had already spoken to that woman what did he say? I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. So the prophet's voice was not the first leading that she heard to take care of the man of God. God had already spoken to her. That's the whole point. It's the whole point. And so I want you to hear this because there are deceptions to all of these messages. It's counterfeit. Then you get these people pay for prophecies on television. Call in right now, and for 100 dollars, I'll give you a good prophecy, but you sow a thousand, and I'm going to give you a life-shaking prophecy. But I can't, I can't release that life-shaking prophecy to you till you just sow that other 900. Once that other 900 goes into the ground, there's a life shaking word coming to you. Unbelievable. It's ridiculous. So Manny asks on YouTube, how do you know how to sow? You can be led by the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have a specific leading from the Holy Spirit about what to sow, then Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9, you must each decide in your hearts how much to give. That's the scripture. You must each decide in your hearts how much to give. But then he gives them stipulations. Don't give grudgingly, but then he also says, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. So in in Second uh, Corinthians nine, the parameters are there. You must each decide how much that you'll give, but remember, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. You sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. Galatians six seven, whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. And so. Uh, Here's what I do Uh, just to give you, uh, you know, behind the scenes on on my life, Carolyn's life is, and, and we always pray because I would rather have a leading from the Holy Spirit. Put your hand up in the comments. If that's, if that's you as well, you would rather have a leading from the Holy Spirit about what to give. Why is that? Because he knows my future. He knows what he's called me to do. He knows where I'm headed. He's got the plan. He's the one that made the plan. I'm just following his plan. And so he knows where he's gonna take me. That's why he knows what I'll need when I get there, which is why I'd rather have him define my seeds than me define my seeds, because they're gonna be better. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts, amen. And so I'd rather hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, but if I don't have a specific leading, then to answer Manny's question, what parameters do I use to give to God? Well. I'm not going to negotiate the tithe. I tithe faithfully. I am a faithful tither to my church. Every single time that we have increase. I just sold a house. Say, so, well, you know, people think, well, you know, I need all the rest of that money to go into another property. No, no. I sold a house, which means that I had increase on that property, which means that I took a chunk of that. It's going to God. It's not going into an escrow account. It's not going into another property it's going into the kingdom of god why because i'm a faithful giver i'm a faithful tither amen but then beyond my tithes i sow and i'm a faithful and generous sower so what parameters do i use well number one i don't negotiate the tithe but number two i want to make sure of a couple of things number one i want to make sure that if i am deciding in my own heart what to give that number one it's something that takes faith that's number one something that takes faith because i want to please god number two i want to make sure it's something that means something to me that's number two what do you say um what do you mean by that when you say something that means something to you well i look at second samuel 24 where David said, I can't give God something that costs me nothing. So it has to, it, it has to mean something to me if it's gonna mean something to God. Yeah, has to. Has to mean something to me if it's gonna mean something to God. So I always make that parameter for myself. First of all, it takes faith. Second of all, it has to mean something to me. And then finally, um, I look at that and say, now Lord, as I'm sowing this, Is this something that is going to be, if I were to look at it, is it going to be a blessing to my generation? So yeah, I'm doing what I feel. Now, remember, this is all in relationship to what you have. Always in relationship to what you have. Don't compare your seeds with someone else's seeds. Don't ever do that. Not that you'll know what they're giving, but if they told you, Don't compare your seeds with their seeds. Everyone's at a different place. That's why these parameters will help you stay out of manipulation, stay out of pressure, but also do something pleasing to God that will bring the blessing, bring the harvest. But you can see that all of these things are corruptions. All of these things are counterfeits of what God is actually doing. Counterfeit of the salvation message. Counterfeit of the healing message. Counterfeit of the gifts of the spirit counterfeit of deliverance, counterfeit of blessing, counterfeit of prosperity, all those things, counterfeits. It's a conspiracy from the enemy, what? To turn our hearts away from what God is actually doing. What God is actually doing. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and what Stephen is, is saying on YouTube is exactly right, Stephen Saint. God, God will never go broke because of men. Whether they give or don't give, God's never gonna be broke. And, and he's pointing out the scripture, the gold is his, the silver is his, the cattle on a thousand hills are his. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, which means everything in this earth belongs to God already. We don't give to uh, so that God will be supplied for, that's a foolish thought process. <laughs> We're not giving so that God will have a supply what do you think God's going paycheck to paycheck in heaven based on whether or not the churches are giving? <laughs> hey, check uh, check with the angels real quick. Did all the churches give last week? Because uh, I've got some bills coming due. The whole electric for heaven, uh, the electric company to keep the lights on. Uh, we got the guys that are coming to, uh, to polish the streets of gold, and then the guys that are gonna uh, polish the the pearly gates. It's like God's not. God is God is not going broke in heaven. Blessing is for us. The, the giving is for our benefit, not for God's benefit. Amen. Yeniel says, do we tithe before we pay a bill? As soon as we get paid, before uh, we pay our mortgage, for example, as long as the tithe comes out of this paycheck, it's okay. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's how I do it. I just make sure God gets his. Every time. God is going to get his. <laughs> God uses dominion energy, yes. Chloe said the angels were, were eating over budget again. I told the angels to keep it under, but it's, it's, you have to be careful because, and then here's the true message I want to get to you today. Don't allow these counterfeit things that are happening to turn you off or away from the true message. Continue to do what the word of God says. I'm not just because, uh, there's just because there's people that have fallen into these salvation heresies. doesn't mean I said, well, I guess, I guess I'm just not going to live for God. That's a stupid thing to do. I guess I'm just uh, Don't fall prey to the heresies or the doctrines of devils of today. Just continue to believe what the Bible teaches and stay responsible to the Word of God. Just because there are people that have manipulated the message of healing, don't stop believing for healing or preaching healing or standing for healing. Just because there's people that have manipulated the message of blessing and prosperity and that they've abused it and that there's people that have manipulated others, don't stop preaching it, teaching it, believing it. Don't stop standing for it and believing God for increase, that would be foolish. Just because there are those that have done what is wrong, it's not going to stop me from doing what's right. That's the whole thing. Just because others have done what is wrong, it's not going to stop me from doing what is right. God has a way, and you can't get around it. God has a way. You can't get around it. He has systems and I'm going to operate in God's systems and I'm going to be blessed and you're going to be blessed in Jesus mighty name. And as we step into this uh, month of September, going towards October, November, December, let me tell you something. We're going to see never ending increase increase if we're faithful because the faithful people of God, the path is going to be like the first light of dawn growing ever brighter until full day. That's going to be our path in Jesus name. Um, Slingshot Kids said, what do you think of preachers who believe in prosperity but don't ever preach on it? I think they're doing the people that sit under them a disservice. It's like people that believe in healing but won't preach on it. What are do you doing? You got people that need healing. They need faith to be healed. How do they get that faith? By hearing the word of God. So you're doing people a disservice when you refuse to preach the full gospel to them, because faith comes by hearing, not just faith for, um, not just faith for salvation, like in Romans ten. Not just faith for salvation. Paul was preaching in the book of Acts, and the Bible says, and while he was preaching, he perceived that the man had faith to be healed. Where do you think that man got that faith? From hearing the word of God preached and taught. That's where. That's where. So if all faith comes by hearing, and you have to hear the word of God on that subject, so when preachers don't preach on it because they're, and I'll tell you why they don't is because they're worried about the the kickback. They're worried about the the confrontation. They don't wanna take the heat that comes with preaching healing or preaching prosperity or preaching the full gospel. They don't want the persecution. And as I said earlier, well, we're just gonna preach Jesus. What does that mean? Have a backbone, stand for the full word of God and don't back away from it. Don't shy away from it. Jess Burton said, sometimes I think people believe it but aren't necessarily walking in it so it's hard to preach it. You don't have to be fully uh, in a place where it's all manifested before you can preach it. You know, it's like I was preaching healing when the devil was attacking my daughters and they were in the hospital. You think I stopped preaching healing just because my family was going through an attack of sickness where, where, where it looked very serious, diseases in the heart, in the blood, the ICU, you know, oxygen, oxygen, You think I stopped preaching healing because my family was going through an attack? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because the word, here's the important thing to remember. The word of God is true, whether you've seen it manifest fully for you yet or not. Your experience does not change the truth or the power of God's word. And that's why it should be preached no matter what stage you're at, because your life doesn't change the word of God. He was a provider before you were ever born. He was a healer before your great, great grandparents ever existed. He was a savior. I mean, 2000 years ago, before your family tree probably ever even started, he was a savior. So our life does not define the word of God, our experience or where we're at on our, uh, you know, road of obedience. None of that changes God's word. So people shouldn't shy away from preaching and believing God's word because it hasn't fully manifested in their life yet. Preach what God says. And many of them um, would probably experience it more quickly if they would preach it. Because as they preached it, faith would grow. And faith would grow, manifestations would take place. See what I mean? And so you've got to stand for it. I want to pray for you today. We're going to see the manifestations of Christ in our lives in these last four months like we never have in Jesus' name. We are going to see the manifestations of Christ. Love you, Peter, all the way to Italy. Love you very much. Thursday in Italy, it's what? 5.30, 6.30 in Italy right now? Love you. So Father, I pray for all those that are watching, those that are listening, I pray in Jesus' name that you would open the eyes of our understanding. Let us see things in your word that maybe we've never seen before, but give us a greater understanding and a greater faith to please you. I pray in Jesus' name that the mighty power of your spirit would be at work in our lives these next four months like we've never known. Let there be open doors. Make every crooked path straight. I pray, Lord, that you would put your hand of blessing upon our families like we've never seen. I pray that more would be done for your kingdom before this year comes to an end than we've ever done in the history of our Christian lives. Let souls be saved. Let this be a turnaround for our nation and the nations of those that are watching that are represented in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that you would use us mightily for your glory. I take authority over every deception that would try to come against the minds of God's people that would try to get them to doubt your mighty word. And Lord, today we declare your word is true and everything else is a lie. Let your word be true and everything else a lie. Father, let the facts even be changed by the truth of your word. Diagnoses from doctors, let those facts be changed by the truth of your word. We thank you families are being restored. People are being strengthened. Sickness has to go. Depression has to go. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, thank you. Thank you. We love you and we give you honor and glory and praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know what to do? If you'd like to sow a seed today uh, before we go, again, let me say that this month, in the month of September, I'm excited because we have for you uh, Dr. Michael Brown's book. I think this will help you a ton. In fact, I know it will. Um, Can you be gay and Christian? This is a massive question that people have In this culture this society right now can you be gay and Christian and this will help you he does he's written the best book on this I believe that's ever been written and um, it's responding with love and truth to questions about homosexuality this needs and the same for the LGBTQIA community this needs to be taught and preached and believed and people need to know what they believe or how to respond to these questions because it's coming up all the time let me tell you something your kids are going to have to answer these questions you're going to have to answer these questions and so this is a biblical response to these issues that we're facing today in these final moments before jesus returns so that's our gift to everybody that's sowing in the month of uh, september we want to say thank you for standing with carolyn and me as we're preaching the gospel seeing souls saved i really appreciate it and i really really love you a lot um again we're very much looking forward to uh seeing you at the Victory Tribe homecoming weekend in October, Friday and Saturday. And for those of you that you've not yet registered, but you got the invitation, now's the time to RSVP. Uh, we're coming down to the wire and the seats are filling up. So I want to say, jump on there and uh, and join us because it's coming up very, very quickly. And then um, don't forget, tomorrow being Friday, I'll be back with you in the morning. Carolyn will be back with you again in the afternoon. You're not going to want to miss that as well. Let me say this before we go. Um, Alex dropped a new episode this week on the Last Gen podcast called Real or Myth, talking about Jesus Christ and his historical existence. This is one that everybody needs to jump on uh, as soon as possible. Subscribe uh, to the Last Gen Youth on um, Instagram. Get connected. Get your youth connected. Get your kids connected with Miracle Word Kids. And you can find that on our website or go to miraclewordkids.com. So many free resources for students that we have in this ministry to equip them uh, for next levels. Um, Thank you again for sewing. Thank you for standing with us. We love you guys a lot. And uh, I'll be back with you in the morning, 1030. Again, we're here in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, under the tent. And so uh, every night at seven o'clock Eastern, if you're in um, another country, that's New York City time. And you can join us on YouTube or Facebook. If you search Ted Shuttlesworth, Faith Alive, you can watch live. And these have been amazing uh, services. And we're back again tonight through Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, New York City time. We'd love to have you there. I love you guys so much. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you again very soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.